0: Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms.
1: Hey sports fans, Todd Helms here with the brand new Wingman podcast. We are venturing out, if you will, into the world of podcasting with Wingmen. We Obviously, you've come to know us from our YouTube channels and our videos and social media presence. But we thought, you know what, podcasting world is someplace, that's a space we haven't occupied. So we're going to run, run with it, fly with it. Maybe that's a better op. Maybe that's a better choice. I don't know. And this is the first of hopefully a lot of podcast episodes. We're going to try to bring you them from the studio, from Skype, and from the blind as well. Next fall, when we dial season up, so I have Brandon Mason. Here with me, I have Dan Picard here with me from Beyond the Grid. Brandon is one of the affiliates with uh, one of the guys we work with at Eastman's, kind of a big cog in in that wheel.
2: I'm kind of a big deal.
1: Kind of a big deal. I don't
3: even know what he does though. <laughs> none <laughs> of us. The none of us do. <laughs> That's like the trick. Just acts like you're working. <laughs> the creepy
0: coworker.
1: And I've got the intern. Soon-to-be full-time employee, Luke Washington. Uh, was Luke's Last uh, last season was Luke's first season in the blind, actually. He'd never done much wing shooting before. In fact, any, I don't think. And we stuck a camera in his hands and said, come on, you're going to go. Well, you all know how, well, maybe you don't know how, but in the world of filming wing shooting, in the world of filming duck hunts and goose hunts, a lot of times the cameraman gets the last hurrah. As Dan can attest to, there's been a lot of hunts where once the footage is captured, once we get everything laid down that we need to do, you guys get to shoot. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to dive in and and let Dan and Luke kind of talk about things from a a cameraman's perspective on that. And Brandon, because Brandon and I get to see it. I mean, you do quite a bit of filming too. Unfortunately, my ugly mug is on the opposite end of that all the time. (laughs) And so I don't get to run the camera a whole ton. And it's probably a good thing because I'm not great at it. But um, Dan, what's it, what's it like? How's it, what's it like filming waterfall hunts compared to big game?
3: I was just thinking about this is that myself and Luke probably have perspectives on the opposite ends. Uh, because, man, that's all I did when I was a kid is a waterfowl hunt, all through college, high school. I was so addicted to bird hunting that that's what I did. And then kind of transitioned into big game and archery and kind of, I I did kind of burn myself out on it when I was in college. And so for me now, it's the most fulfilling way for me to experience waterfowl hunting is to take somebody video, do the video and, and, you know share that passion with everyone else whether they're a first-timer or whether me and you are hunting right and and videoing that emotion and videoing just because it, it brings brings back good memories from when I was a kid but I have just as much fun watching others do it and so it just works great for me because I don't mind filming I love it I love filming birds it's it's difficult it's a challenge And it's harder than filming big game Um, just by the nature of of our game.
1: Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people probably think about it from that respect because you're filming a moving, a very quickly moving target at all times and you're trying to keep it in focus and keep it in the frame and keep it zoomed in tight so you can see detail.
2: And half the time it's fast moving at the last minute. we got to quick get it and the guns are going up and you got to get the shot. Right, yeah. You don't have time. To acquire it, really. So
1: yeah, some of those situations we end up with on the river, the birds are on you pretty quickly, right? And so you kind of got to be Johnny on the spot. So you guys, you guys have your work cut out. Well, for you it, out there.
3: it's it's very difficult, and I love that challenge. And when you go through and you're running on manual focus the whole time, and birds are coming in and out of your focal plane, and so you're constantly on the focus ring and filming, and it's super difficult, but it's super satisfying. When, you know, you you get a day of good footage and you have the right light. And I, I can think back to some of that Saskatchewan hunting a couple of years ago on the snow geese.
1: Yeah, on the wavies. Yes,
3: yes. And filming those, I mean, that was just a treat because of the nature of the hunt up there. Sure. But getting the different days of lighting, the number of birds, and then, you know, everybody filled out, you know, a 20 bird limit per person or whatever it was and then hey Dano you're up and so everybody's done except for the camera guy <laughs> you buy a license too and so you get a you know blast away at the end that's as good as it gets for me because it's just a treat to film bird hunting
1: i remember going to segue into a hunt from 2 years ago i remember the very and I, I think you were on this hunt Brandon um it was the very last day of season and we were on a goose hunt dry field goose hunt and we had filled out except for dan's i think we had you had your limit of birds to shoot and you got up <clears throat> and it was your turn to shoot and you got on the gun and you, and you knocked down four or your five birds and we had so we're down to one bird and we get a pair that comes in and we're like you you know, we know we can only shoot one of these birds. That was you, the thirty mile an hour wind day. Yeah, it was. The wind was screaming that yeah, day, yeah. absolutely howling that day. And you sat We called the shot. I don't remember who it was. Maybe Nick Kafkas called the shot. You sat up to shoot, and as you're sitting up to shoot, as you get the gun on these birds, they cross, <laughs> and you just about swatted both of them with one shot. Right, a Scotch double. And but you didn't, and we were ended up we were good.
3: And I remember just sitting there waiting for them because they were crossing back and forth, and that's you know obviously what you don't want to do is bring right. them both down. And they got right back apart, and I was like, yeah, okay now. And then yeah, as they were going back together, I pulled one off, and yeah, you know, killed the one. But yeah, it's
1: and that's it's and fun. that's waterfowling too or wing shooting yeah. too is it's such a dynamic thing. I think even more so than big game because in big big game most of the time you're waiting for a specific shot on an, on a single animal even if they are in a herd and you're, you're usually taking your time um, so at least with a rifle bow hunting is different it can be happened fast because it's things are close quarters but man bird hunting is so reactionary yeah it's so instinctive there's
3: so much going on with with that realm and then you have the dog and it's super fun to film a, a gentleman's bird hunt Growing up, I did a lot of jump shooting and pass shooting, and that's fun, but it's pretty single dimensional. He uses that There's... word "gentleman" pretty liberally. <laughs> but I'm I'm talking <laughs> about like a duck blind, you know, a yeah, blind, yeah. a dog.
2: It's intentional.
3: Yes, it's very intentional, very planned. It's just not zinging down the flathead river on your canoe, jump and sh- jump shooting to backwater. Right. I mean, right. Which it, we all did. I mean, yeah.
1: And and still to this day, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of the birds we kill. Especially on the river, especially geese, a lot of those birds we're pass shooting. Yeah, we're just pass shooting over decoys, and they're close enough. Right, I and mean, you're really trying to get birds to get to do it right. Come commit to the decoys, and you're, you're fooling them. But that's not always the case. And you sometimes you take the shots. Most times you take the shots. Yeah, you got to pass shoot
3: too, and, and pass shooting's great. Yeah, like I really enjoy it. You know, snow goose hunting, whether yeah or down here shooting Canada's right. Pass, it's, it's all great. But just it's so multi-dimensional when you're decoying and you right. know, like the camaraderie and the dog, you know, Mackinac is, is big for me. Like I that's one of the finer things in life that I appreciate is a quality retriever. Sure. That's out of all hunting of anywhere I've ever hunted or any types of hunt that I've, I've gone on, watching a quality dog do work is there's very nothing better yeah
2: yeah and it, it, i've always said ever since i was in high school that there's nothing better than hunting with a great dog and there's nothing worse than hunting with a moron right and i don't know if the dog's the moron or the owner's the moron usually it's, usually it's the both. Mo- <laughs> usually, <laughs> yeah, usually it's the owner <laughs> yeah because uh you know it's just a struggle to train and yeah there are some dogs that just aren't good of course well but... and i say i mean
1: i we joke yeah it's usually both but yeah i mean some dogs just don't get it. Right. And, and, a lot of, and a lot of times, I think, when it comes to dogs, you you get out what you put in. And if you've got a lot of time to put into a dog, it usually shows. Mm-hmm. It usually shows. That dog usually responds. Almost all dogs usually respond to lots of one-on-one time, lots of training. Um, it's the folks that don't maybe don't have the time to put in. That, yeah. they, struggle with their, they struggle with their dogs.
2: Yeah, I've known guys that had, um, you know, really high-end blood, bloodline dogs and paid a lot of money for them. And because they didn't do their part once they got them. Right. Um, the dogs were terrible. And and then I knew, I had a circle of friends for a while, that another guy had a free yellow lab. Mm-hmm. No papers, no mm-hmm. nothing. It was just kind of like, uh, eh, somebody in the paper, free yellow lab, who wants one? He grabbed one. And... He spent, because of the nature of his job, allowed it, he spent every waking moment with that dog and vice right. versa. And free dog, not supposed to be anything, was phenomenal mm. because they had that the relationship time. built.
1: Yep, yeah. had that relationship, and he probably was constantly running drills and training with it. And yeah. My first one was I had way more time than know-how, way more time than money. And my first one wasn't free, but pretty close. And same thing. I mean, that dog went everywhere I went. We worked hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of drills. And yeah, I mean, if I compare that dog, her, Josie, she had a phenomenal personality. She was an awesome dog and super smart. But if I compare her raw talent and ability to Mackinaw's, she's not even in the same league. <laughs> but because I had all that time, she was phenomenal. Yeah. She was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And we had, it was at a point in time where, kind of like what Dan said, I was doing nothing but goose hunting and duck hunting. And mm-hmm. we killed lots and lots of birds, way more than I do even now, mm-hmm. which is kind of hard to believe. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it is for me
3: is the dogs watching people, the kids hunt, you know, taking kids and filming all that and being able to capture all those moments that, that's where it's the most fun for me. So I don't care if I don't shoot. That's fine. But I just love being there and capturing everything, and there's so much going on, and it's so fun.
1: Well, yeah. and, and, and I, so appre- fun. I always appreciate it because Dan puts in a lot of time. He is the face behind the brand, beyond the grid, and he's, he produces a ton of big game content in the fall. And we don't see you from about middle of August until November. You're gone. Yeah. You'll leave at one hundred and seventy five pounds and come back at one forty. You know, <laughs> That's an exaggeration. Yeah, but yeah, I mean you know
3: what I mean. It. Yeah, yeah. And I will admit it's hard for me to to want to go out and film in December after but that's a what, long season. And that's
1: what I was getting at was you still most days will say yes. I've had I've had him say, Well, What's, what do we got for birds? <laughs> 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 exactly. he doesn't want to go out and sit in the cold when no. it, and nothing's going to happen, But which I don't blame you. But I appreciate that because you're, you realize that it's a team deal to produce what we produce. And you're always diving in and helping out. Luke, first year, this year, you got to do some of the same things that Dan did. Man, we threw you to the wolves, Man. literally. Yeah. We were like, here's the hardest thing in the world to film. <laughs> Get it done. Full frame, in focus. Do you get that? Why not? What's wrong with you? What are you doing?
2: Pay attention. Stupid interns. (laughs) The good thing with
1: this is that
3: everything else is easier from here on out when it comes to filming. Yeah, this makes
1: big game. I mean, yeah. yeah.
0: And going back to it, um, the big game side of things, I did some filming for Brandon, and I did some big game filming throughout the fall with different people. Um, And, yeah, it was kind of a drinking from a fire hose for – for the first few months and it was very interesting and very mind-blowing on how complex the whole thing is i mean it's you go in with a with an idea of okay this is what we want to do obviously the 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 goal is to get an animal on the ground and sometimes it doesn't go that way
1: and most times
0: yeah most times yeah
1: in the on the big game side of things right right so then we transition you to waterfowl and people think, oh, you're getting paid to go out and hunt.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but for me, what what was, t- what it, why I was so turned on about it is because, like you said, I'm green at the waterfowl side of things. I've never done it. And uh, when Todd gave me the opportunity to, to go, and I was all on board, and I was very, very blessed with the opportunity to, um, get that knowledge from your many years of experience. I mean, you've been doing it for since you were how old? Teens, long time. It, yeah. My whole life. Yeah. Speaking of birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was uh it's very cool to see the way you work with mackinac I mean, you guys are like two pe- I mean, you guys are like one person. He's just I mean, it's it was very cool to see you guys work together a te- like as a team. Um, and back to what Dan said, I mean, what you said that it's all about the amount of work you put in with your dog and it showed and, but for me, like working, working with, uh, with you filming, it was, it was different because not you, you, when you guys were, out setting out decoys you're thinking in my mind i'm like what kind of shot am i trying to get i'm like how do i build this story um and create a production out of this thing so and that was that's what i got out from the season it was very it was very cool
1: um, well you learned fast too with even with not only with a camera with a shotgun in your hand and <laughs> i was impressed because decoying ducks and geese are Easier to hit than pass shooting ducks and geese. No no doubt about it. But you shot pretty well right out of the gate, which isn't generally – that's kind of the exception to the rule.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we got to see – we got to, I got to see some stuff, going back to kind of what Dan was saying about kids, is we took out a lot of first-timers this year. And I'm going to dovetail off of what you were saying about being a first-timer and it's a lot to process and all that stuff. And you were doing it from – a work perspective. Yeah. But from the from the hunting perspective, man, we had a lot of kids in the blind, a lot of first-time people mm-hmm. in the blind this year that did exceptionally well. I think we took your son, Hunter, mm-hmm. multiple days. We took your son, Blake, multiple days. Um, Yeah, he shot his first goose. He shot his first goose. Hunter <laughs> killed his first goose. We had... We not got a, Guy not a not a not a child. Yeah, not a child. But we had Close. Guy <laughs> Eastman in the t- <laughs> first time ever. His first time ever in a goose blind. I shoot in a no. He shot a shotgun before. Well, yeah, he but shot a shotgun like, before. Yeah. He's, and he's bird hunted. But yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not really the Eastman's forte. That's not their thing. That's not what they're known for. And man, when he called me and said, "Hey, I want to go goose hunting with you guys on <laughs> in on Friday." You could have knocked me over with a feather. I mean, literally. And it all stemmed
0: from his daughter,
1: Cora. Yep. I'm Sorry, like, I shouldn't love, say names. I
0: love that he admits that he watches the Wingman films at home because his daughter loves to watch Mackinac. Right. Mm-hmm. That was, right. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. is anybody recording this? Yeah, I know. Yeah.
1: But that was the impetus behind him wanting to go is his daughter wanted to go on a hunt watch the dogs so we turned it into a hashtag girl dad day except with the exception you brought hunter man mm-hmm. and man it was it was turned it was an epic day i've never mm-hmm. seen
2: so many pairs of pink sweatpants in a goose blind. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. i know <laughs> pink and purple and all the colors are like we're not gonna decoy a single bird in today but we, well, hit we it. did yeah we did but we did and and yeah.
1: that was the thing it was kind of like and i think guy was a little a little like this isn't going to work. They're going to talk too much. And that's the beauty of waterfowling in a blind. You can talk. It's not like an elk hunt where you're like, shh, yep. quiet. It's not like that. They can talk. They can carry on. At one point, they were playing freeze tag outside the blind. That's right. And we'd just yell at them and be like, go hide. And they would go hide <laughs> in the brush, and we'd shoot birds. And they had a great time. I mean, I don't know how many boxes of donuts we went through. And
3: Dude, that was the a and of their day. Was that was the treats. funnest part of that
1: hunt was I was just chasing them around with the camera.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that
3: yeah. was oh, freaking hilarious. That, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> that was the best day. That was the best hunt of the year for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't – we didn't We didn't shoot limits. We, I think we killed 15 geese that mm-hmm. day, which is good. Yeah. But – it was the looks on the girls' faces. It was watching them cheer the dogs mm-hmm. on retrieves. They were clapping and like little cheerleaders. Um we just released a video today actually from that hunt of Mackinac, my lab Mackinac pulling off a pretty spectacular retrieve. And you can hear the girls mm-hmm. in the background yelling and yelling and hollering and cheering too. Not as loud as the guys. The guys <laughs> were all pretty ramped up about that, but <laughs>
2: I've seen a lot of cool retrieves over the years, you know, growing up in, in North Dakota, which is, you know, one of the bird hunters paradises in in the United States, um, you know, I've seen a lot of good dogs work and I've seen dogs diving after ducks and just doing amazing things. And I have I even said that <laughs> right after Mackinac does this pull up on this bank, looks like a human being boosting himself up. And I was like, I have never seen or heard of a dog doing that. That, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen yeah. from a dog standpoint. It was phenomenal. I mean, that would be, to say that was a blind retrieve would be the understatement of the century. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It's on top of a plateau that's higher than we were. and Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was it was impressive. Pretty unique. That was a pretty unique deal as far as the situation goes. And it definitely showed his veteran status at seven years old. You know, a young dog would have really I don't care how well trained they are, a young dog would have struggled with that retrieve simply because there's a lot of obstacles in the way. And then you got a river, they have a river to navigate, and then they've got a a vertical sheer bank that's I don't know how tall, but tall to navigate, and then they gotta find the goose in the sagebrush on top of all that. I, I mean, pretty tough. That's a good example <clears throat> of drive in a dog mm-hmm. that correct
3: me if i'm wrong but that's bred into them that's what separates them from the the minor yeah it can't right can abso- I mean,
1: absolutely i mean breeding is breeding is no doubt a big part of it and i did a lot of research and in in finding Mackinac, and finding the line i wanted and yeah you pay for it and yeah. then the, and then then what we talked about earlier the work that goes into it nobody sees that part of it because it's done in the off season it's done in the summer and it's you know it's time Yeah, lots and lots and lots of time. But back to the kids, that was just one kind of a sidebar from that story. Your son got his first goose that day.
2: Yeah, I don't know what was cooler, seeing him shoot his first goose or watching the three little girls – Yell at my fourteen-year-old son to say, "Hunter, let's play freeze tag." Yeah. <laughs> and he looks at me like, yeah. "Do I seriously have to go play freeze tag?" And he right did. Now? He went. Yeah. And he played did. Freeze yeah, he was a pretty him. good sport about it. It was hilarious. <laughs> all
1: three of those little, all three of those girls were the same age. They're all four years old. You yeah. know, and they're all like you said, dressed up in purple and pink, and yeah, I mean, a couple articles of camo clothing in there, but not very many. That's yeah. for sure. But. And then later in, the, later in the season, we had Blake out, mm-hmm. and he shot his first goose. Mm-hmm.
0: Two on one shot. That was awesome. That's
1: right. He scotch doubled. On one, yeah, the that one That was swing. cool. We yeah. had one flock come in, and he stood up. And Dan's like, get your gun, get your gun, get it to your shoulder. Get, your, get, get ready, get ready, get ready. Yeah. You, know, you, you were jacked yeah. up, man. Yeah, yeah. You were jacked up, and rightly so. he should be because you want him to be successful. You, you're I cat. knew this was going to be the chance. Oh man, mm-hmm. they right in our face, yeah. and he stood up and kaboom and folded two of them. And I that think there awesome. were what four or five in that group. We we yeah. dusted them
2: yeah. all. Yeah,
1: but he started us off with the with that. I think like a month later, he
3: was like, "Can we go goose hunting again?" I'm like, dude, it closed a it long time. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to go again. Yeah, yeah. You can, yeah. but there illegal. were several. Yeah. <laughs> there were
1: several experiences like that. You know, throughout the season. Going back to Luke, it was like I said when you got a turn to shoot. There was one day when you shot. I remember when you shot your first duck mm-hmm. that day, and it was just—it was all you. Yeah. I didn't even—I didn't even yeah. stand up. I just sat, yeah. sat there and watched. Mallard came in over the decoys, and Luke stood up and smoked him. I was like, "Man, I just watched him shoot his first duck. Mm-hmm. That's really cool." Yeah. And I think that—that that more than anything, with what we get to do here at Wingman, like the dog work and watching people go out and get their first bird you know we had a young man was it two years ago up north of here the landowner's son oh yeah yeah we had those two kids out in that absolute blizzard mm-hmm. in their blue jeans and hoodies talk about wyoming tough man <laughs> mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. gutting it out and they killed bird they, yeah yeah one of them he killed, killed, him, first killed first goose, his first and... goose that day and that's just so cool yeah. to me you know we can. It's oh, it's all about limits or gotta kill limits, and that's part of it, no doubt about it. I mean, you don't go out there to get skunked. You don't go out there to not to not get birds. <laughs> but man, there's so much more to it, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things that I want to focus on in all of these podcasts. Is as we continue forward, is going beyond the pale, beyond the obvious. You know, beyond that. Yes, we're going to talk about tips. Yes, we're going to talk about tactics. We're going to discuss gear. We're going to do all that stuff. But amidst all of that and the overarching thing, overarching theme in all of it is the story of waterfowling, the story of wing shooting, whether it's pheasants. We got Hunter out and kill, he killed his first pheasant a couple – last year, mm-hmm. two years ago. Um, and that's in, our, in that pheasant video that we, that we put together. Whether it's taking Lindsay our another, another one of our camera people out and shooting her first duck in the duck tornado video that we have. Yeah, that's right. She never killed a duck before, and we're out there in the field and we made her buy her license. And I mean, in the old days, you couldn't do that, cause, but we pulled out our <laughs> smartphones and we got licenses and stamps and everything right there on the spot. And she was able to shoot, actually, shot a whole limit of ducks hmm. that day. So that's the kind of stuff that, that I'm really after with this podcast is exploring the stories behind the hunts and I'm really excited to bring you to bring the listeners some of those experiences kind of through our eyes and through the eyes of the pod, other podcast guests I'm really excited about this whole venture and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to sit down for a few minutes with me and knock out this pilot episode yeah. if, if you will <laughs> And I look forward to a whole bunch more I see doing this what we're doing here in the blind
2: yeah that'll be that's one thing that'll be kind of fun with um, the wingman side of things over big game is there's more opportunity to do it in the field I mean Brian Barney's done a really good job of doing some of them in right. the field with Eastman's elevated but um, it's definitely more of a challenge just because of the nature of the hunts different it's less social when you're big game hunting for the most part and especially out west the way we do it spot and stalking and coyoting out and being a fly on the wall whereas a waterfall i mean man like when jim from uh, sicko oh, was, with was us from sitting in the blinds and everything i mean man what an opportunity to do a knock podcast yeah. out while you're sitting there and and even getting that action and you know yeah
1: that day be. maybe not that well the first day anyway because it was like 20 below zero that yeah day, but the second day would have been second day cool. we could have done it no problem mm-hmm. that would have been really cool yeah And it's an added element, you know, added element to what we are already doing with the video because we're, we're storytelling with videos too. And this is just one more way to, to capture that heritage and capture those traditions and tell those stories, you know, it'd be cool to mic up the kids sometime (laughs) and get their perspective on a podcast. I don't think I've ever heard a podcast with kids on it. Yeah. Let's mic them up. See what they have to say. I mean, that might be interesting. Probably have a lot of editing to do, but you never know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Probably wouldn't be any cuss words. I hope not. (laughs) There better not be. Yeah, exactly. There is, then. Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. I I appreciate you sitting down with me for a few minutes, fellas, and taking the time. And it won't be the last one of these that we do. We'll have you guys back on probably as individuals and a team again. And... I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Thank Thanks, Todd. See you next one. All right. So that is the pilot episode of the Wingmen podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And thank you to all of our partners who helped bring this content to you. And until next time, we'll see you guys in the field.